Welcome to Teach Back Tuesday, where we air the most popular episodes from the previous season. Have you ever criticized yourself? Most of us have. That's a common part of what I call the NHS, noisy head syndrome. The problem with this habitually speaking to ourselves negatively is this. We run the risk of making our lives worse, not better. The episode, Stop Talking to Yourself Like That, helps us to examine a habit that needs changing. Would you speak to a dear friend the same way you talk to yourself? Let's hit the replay button and catch this lesson again. During the conference season, it gets really, really hectic, and in fact, it feels like I live in airports more than I live in my own house. I was making some last-minute adjustments to my conference travel schedule when I felt my spirit becoming agitated, so I was tweaking this and tweaking that, moving a few things around, but the schedule still looked like a mess. It looked more like a science project than a calendar. And then I said something to myself, you're slipping, Francie. Now, I said that to myself in a moment of frustration. The next thing I heard in my head was a question. How did that help you? (laughs) Do you talk to yourself? (laughs) Come on, be honest. Many people talk to themselves, and sometimes many times a day. The truth is this. When we speak discouraging or negative words to ourselves, we are not helping. We're just giving ourselves a few more reasons to feel bad, as if those don't come without invitation. Would our internal chatter improve if other people could read it? Well, obviously you do know this, right? God can hear what we say to ourselves. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. I want you to try to think of the last time you had a gracious thought about yourself for anything unrelated to physical appearance or numbers on a scale. I don't want that area. I want you to think of some time that you actually had a gracious thought. I'm not talking about being conceited here. I'm talking about extending the same grace to yourself that you would to others. Have you ever thanked the Lord for who you are in Him? Or do you repeatedly allow negative chatter and unproven fears to dominate the airwaves of your mind? God can fix this flaw, but we have to yield our hearts and minds to Him for the spiritual surgery that He would need to do. In this episode, like many others, Keep the Heart is giving an application lesson here. If you're going to engage in countless hours of Bible study, the next logical step is to begin applying what you're learning. Information without application is like going to the gym without any intention of exercising. We do not have to settle for old, unproductive habits when God can make us new. The topic of having a noisy head is nothing new, but maybe I can give you something to consider that may help you to tone it down and make your thought life more beneficial. Let's look at three reasons why we need to rule over the things we say to ourselves. Now, you know that verse in Proverbs 25, 28 about ruling over the spirit, and I want you to go and look it up again to remind yourself of that verse and maybe even write it on a memory card so that you'll remind yourself that this concept of ruling over our own spirit is biblical. 
He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. We need to understand that God does not want us broken down like that because it leaves us vulnerable. So what are some reasons that we need to rule over how we speak to ourselves? Number one, what we say to ourselves will affect the soundness of our minds. When Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verses 6 through 7, he included these reminders. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you see the relationship there? It's God's power, God's love, and the sound mind even comes from the Lord. But these are valuable things that we want to have in our lives, and we can actually undo them or undo the building of them by forgetting that God really has the mastery over these areas if we'll allow his Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Read the entire passage of 2 Timothy 1 for context, but this makes me wonder something. Did Timothy possibly struggle with doubts about his abilities? It sure sounds like it from the instruction that Paul gave him. When God gives us gifts, but we're repeatedly doubting our abilities, it's a classic case of getting our facts mixed up. It's not about our abilities. It's about God's gifts. He grants the gifts. We're just the delivery people who use the gifts for the glory of God and for the benefit of others. When we forget that our talents and abilities are from God, we're bound to slip into self-doubts that lead us to become hypercritical of ourselves. This spirit of fear is our own doing. The next time you're afraid about taking a step of faith or about pending circumstances or about doing any work for the Lord, reject the fear and embrace the power, love, and sound mind from God. The second reason we need to rule over how we speak to ourselves, which basically is the same as saying that we'll rule over our thoughts, is this. We are either encouraging or discouraging ourselves. There may be times in life when it feels like there's a thundercloud parked directly over your life. When we have these times, we may be tempted to drive ourselves into deeper despair with internal murmuring and complaining. It's no surprise that this doesn't improve our outlook at all. 1 Samuel chapter 30 tells this really distressing story of the Amalekites conquering the town of Ziklag, which happened to be the town where David's family was living and the families of his mighty men. If you're not familiar with the story, it's worth reading for so many reasons, including the fact that it was a miraculous thing that this invading army didn't kill a single person they captured when they could have easily just wiped out every soul. So we're told in 1 Samuel 30 verse 3 that when David and his men returned to Ziklag, they found it burned to the ground and their loved ones were taken captive. The men with David went rapidly through two emotions, grief and then ferocious anger. Listen to what it says in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. The last nine words of that verse are remarkable. The word encouraged in 1 Samuel 36 also means to strengthen. Thoughts are unspoken words, and they have a way of strengthening us or weakening us. And David chose wisely to strengthen himself by remembering that God was still with him, and we can do the same. What have you said to yourself lately that actually discouraged your heart? 
change that statement to something that will encourage you in the Lord. A great way to do this is to speak truth. Speak scripture to yourself. Truth encourages, lies discourage, and make us fearful. The third and final reason in this short list of why we need to change how we speak to ourselves is this. We run the risk of becoming fruitless. Jesus taught the disciples that fruitful living glorifies God. Listen to John 15, 8. You know it probably. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Now be careful here about the fruit-bearing thought process because, again, we get to the point where we start inserting too much of ourselves in there and then we might become, again, discouraged. Remember that fruit-bearing takes on many forms. I remember visiting a friend who's also going through some difficulties and she's not able to do everything normally, but sitting and talking with her, just listening to her talk, she really taught me so many things that she encouraged my heart. And while she was at it, she bore fruit in my life without realizing it. Be careful about negative statements about yourself to yourself. It's really hard to be fruitful when we're so busy criticizing and analyzing ourselves. Could it be that we're really so concerned with ourselves because we want to be glorified? We don't like to admit things like this, but really it bears examining. When we make our lives performances rather than acts of service, it's not surprising that we'll suffer from stage fright. (laughs) The problem with this kind of thinking is that it puts the spotlight on self where it doesn't belong. Jesus said, herein is my Father glorified. This means that what we're doing isn't meant to magnify us. It's really freeing when you think about that. When we're so busy trying to impress others, we're bound to fall into the ditch of self-absorption. What do they think of me? I hope I did a good job. I wonder why no one has said anything about my fill-in-the-blank I did. Narcissism, which is roughly defined as an excessive interest in self, has spread like a virus from our culture into Christianity. We're all at risk of catching this virus if we're not checking our thoughts, words, and deeds against the light of Scripture. Why are you doing what you're doing? Is it for the praise of others or to honor and magnify the Lord? If it's all about us, we'll be trapped in overthinking. If it's for God's glory, then we'll become positively obsessed with making God look good. Do you see the difference? The habit of talking to ourselves begins in childhood and it goes with us throughout our lives. Sometimes we're not even aware of it. But when it's unkind or cruel, we are experiencing a form of self-inflicted torment. The next time you catch yourself being your own worst critic, pause and rephrase those words. Stop attacking yourself. When something is wrong and needs improvement, make it a matter of prayer and submit it to the Lord, but don't turn it into a whip to flog yourself. Here's a great passage to pray as you're sorting through this area in your life. It's found in Psalm 39 verses 4 through 5. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, Bible studies, and more. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.